Well, Merry Christmas to you. So, so good to see you this evening. How about Nativity TV news, huh? <laughs> that Seth Denny is such a good man to do that report with our family experience crew from our Next Generation Ministry team. If you're not normally here on Sunday mornings, you'll see them sometimes downstairs with our kids' ministry on Sunday morning, as well as our family experience on the first Wednesday of each month. They did a great, great job with that update from Bethlehem. <laughs> well, my name's Adrian, and I'm uh, one of the pastors here at Carney E. Free. So good to be together with you tonight here in the auditorium. For those who are watching online, thanks for joining us as well. And for those who are out in the cube and in the hallway, Thanks for joining us out there. We are having a candlelight service tonight, so if you're watching on home, uh, on, online at home and you want to pick up a candle right now to join us in that candlelight service later on, well, we welcome you to do that. We have been talking about fear this December. We've taken some time to do a brief message series together with this title, Not Afraid. And the reason we did that this December is because fear obviously has been injected into our souls in 2020, has it not? And it's come in a pretty intense kind of way that's got the better of most of us at one point or another. It's been put on hyperdrive. And we've been living in this spot that's, that's kind of precarious, and it's been there for a little while, but fortunately the Bible has a lot to say about fear. Did you know that? In fact, there's some 360 times that the Bible says, fear not or do not be afraid. And there's four different times in the Christmas story alone that the angels appear to those shepherds and to Mary and Joseph and to Zechariah, the husband of Elizabeth, who had her own miraculous birth. And each time, the angels say in these four different circumstances, fear not, don't, don't be afraid. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Like, like the Bible has this up-to-the-minute striking relevance for our lives. I'm so grateful for that, particularly in the moment that we're living in culturally here and now. There's a, a Bible app called YouVersion. It's probably the most downloaded Bible app in the world. And it determined that the most shared Bible verse of all 31,102 Bible verses in this book, there's some dorky pastor trivia for you. <laughs> Out of all the verses in this book, the most shared Bible verse in 2020 was this, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen, strengthen you and I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I don't know about you, but I, I really need to hear that right now. My guess is you're probably the same. My guess is whether your life is going lovely right now or feels kind of lousy right now, whether you believe strongly in Christ or you're not really sure what you believe. You're a newcomer here tonight and you're just asking questions or you've come because it's tradition. Whatever the case, that's all fine. We are grateful that you're here wherever you are spiritually. But no matter who you are, my guess is we all need to hear 
that God is for us, that he's strong for us, that he would help, and, and ultimately, goodness will prevail. And fortunately, the story of Christmas and the Christian story as a whole is that goodness does prevail. What I want to talk with you for just a few minutes about the, this evening is the fact that Christmas, if it's rightly understood, can overcome our fears for the future. We all have fears about the future. And Christmas can overcome our fears of the future if we rightly understand it and apply it to our lives. We humans have an amazing ability to live in the what-ifs, don't we? We think about all the what-ifs of what could happen in worst-case scenarios. So, I stub my toe, what if it's broken? What if it was more than my toe? What if it was my foot? And then all of a sudden, in our mind, we're wondering if, what if I need to get my leg amputated? You know, we go down this crazy train through all these what-ifs. And that's particularly been the case in 2020. And now as we head into 2021, many of us fear the loss of future health. And many others fear the loss of future financial stability. We say we have financial stability right now, and we wonder if it'll be that case in the future. Some of us tonight, we, we fear school closings in 2021. And others are fearing a change in politicians. Or others still are fearing vaccines. I fear getting a vaccine, and I fear not getting a vaccine. And on and on we could go with the possible fears related to the year to come. And I would say underneath most of those, the greatest fear that humans struggle with from time to time, and sometimes, if we're honest, on a regular basis, is the fear of death. What if I told you that Jesus came to liberate us from the fear of death? And Jesus came to liberate us from our fears of the future. And even though we will still have incredible uncertainty in the year to come, there will be financial and health and political uncertainty, and all of those things will be true in the year to come. But even in the midst of the unknowns of all of that uncertainty, Jesus came to bring you freedom no matter what happens. Listen to this verse from John 16. These are the words of Jesus. He says this, In me, you can have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. Newsflash. But take heart, I have overcome the world, Jesus said. In me, you can have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Count on it. But even so, in the midst of that trouble, whatever it is that might come our way, we can have freedom and peace because we know who's on our side. If you believe that God is that good, then you will be able to get through the unknowns that will inevitably come our way in 2021. I want to give you just two really, really simple points today. I know you don't have notes. You're not taking notes. That's fine. These are simple enough that you can memorize them with me right now. The first one is this. Christmas frees us from our fear of death. If we really understand Christmas, it actually has the power to free us from our fear of death. I think it was Woody Allen who once quipped, I don't fear death. I just don't want to be there when it happens. Okay, many of us live that way. We feel that. 
I don't fear death. I just want to be there when it happens. But the truth is, Jesus came to liberate us from any fear of death. We can be overwhelmed. Think about this. We can be overwhelmed by the fear of death, which is being overwhelmed by something that is certain to happen. It's more certain than taxes, which are really certain. Like it's a certainty. Last time I checked, death ratio is still one to one, isn't it? Like it's coming to all of us, so why would we fear it? But we do because we live in the what ifs related to certain ailments and we don't hold on strong enough to Jesus' real promises that in this world we will have trouble, but in him we, we can have peace. I'll give you my own personal example here from this past year. It was a tough year for all of us, me included. I encountered some physical ailments in 2020 that I had never experienced before. I had some sports injuries in the past. Sans all of that, I've been fortunate to be rather healthy. But I encountered some small ailments this year. And on top of that, had some more significant family ailments from a few different people in my family. And of course, the stress of COVID that we've all been going through throughout this year and leadership stress. And it just kind of started getting to me to this point that I started to feel this level of fear occasionally in the evening when I was trying to go to sleep and wasn't able to go to sleep. And the reality of some of these pains was like midlife hitting me in the nose. It's like, you're old now, Adrian. Get used to it. And you are now confronting your mortality. And when we begin to confront our mortality, sometimes it can feel a little bit like a straitjacket around our arms and over our chest. And our little ailments can become much bigger in those what-ifs than they should be. And that happened to me to some degree this past year. Now, you contrast that with the courage that is found in Christ, and I'm beginning to live in this truth once again as God has done some good work in my heart through all of this. But the most basic verse in the entire Bible that most of us probably have memorized is John 3.16, of course. And if you just lived out of this, that God so loved the world, he so loved you, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life, that if we just live in that, it gives us courage, it gives us freedom from our fears. And it doesn't stop there. The very next verse that Jesus states is just as powerful as that one. As he says in verse 17, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. Like Jesus didn't come to condemn people. He didn't come mostly to judge people. He came to welcome people. He came to welcome you. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. He sent his son into the world to save the world. To save us by name, to love us and to bring us to God the Father, to reconcile us to right relationship with God and to eliminate our fears. One other verse is Hebrews 2, and this speaks again of the reason for Jesus coming that first Christmas. It says, Jesus also shared in their humanity, Jesus shared in our humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. 
So Jesus came on that first Christmas morning to deliver us from the fear of death. That in him there would be no condemnation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we are to live in that. Like, is that what comes to your mind when you think of Christmas? That God came to deliver me from all fear of death. The enemy be banned. My personal fears be banned because God is alive and God reigns. And so what place do those have? Wide are the arms of God's mercy for you. Wide are the arms of God's mercy. He didn't come to condemn. He came to liberate. He came to liberate anyone from any tribe, any race, any nation, any age, any ability or disability, any struggle that you might have today, any area of fear or success. He came to liberate all those who would say, I'm going to believe in his name. I'm going to trust myself to him and his mercy is extended to us. So let me just ask you this question. If you're not a follower of Christ, would you like to live in that courage? That courage is offered to you, and it's found through trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And if you are a follower of Christ, are you living in that courage? Courage that is strong enough to stand up against all that 2020 has thrown our way and all that 2021 might throw our way. You see, Christians should have the corner on the market of courage because we know where we're going when we die and we know who's going to meet us at the grave. Listen, Christmas frees us, rightly understood, from the fear of all different kinds of ailments, from the fear of death, frees us to live for God, to love others well, and Christmas frees us from the fear of hopeless life. Some of us are living today in a fear of death, a fear of different ailments, and others of us at different times can live in a fear of hopeless life. I think it's quite possible that Mary and Joseph and many of the others in the Christmas story felt that gnawing fear of hopelessness. They live in a context where they were longing for the same kinds of things that we wanted. They wanted safety and hope for their families. They wanted comfort. They wanted opportunity for their families to have success. People really aren't that very different from one century to another. We all basically want the same things for our families. And they weren't able to really enjoy that because they were living under foreign rule. And if you know your Bible, if you know this Bible history, this might be a review, but for some of us, this could be helpful to, to understand that the Jewish people at the time were living within their own land called Israel, but they were living under the hand of foreign oppressors because one empire after another empire, four in a row, had conquered Israel. And so over and over again, Jewish people like Mary and Joseph and the shepherd are living under their thumb longing for freedom longing for forgiveness from God, hoping that God would send Messiah. It's hard for us to fathom, but if you could imagine like a neighboring nation, Canada, invading the United States and taking away our constitutional rights, taking away our voting rights, creating a separate but equal, separate but unequal system of some kind, 
And then us living under that. I know that's very, very fanciful. Thank God, it's very fanciful. But if you can imagine something like that, that's the kind of situation that they were living in within their own land. And even so, they maintained their faithfulness to God. They were faithful worshipers of God, but they longed for something better. I mean, they had this gnawing desire, this longing for something better, that God would reveal himself and he would come through according to the promises that he had made many generations ago. And this was the promise of Messiah that they were waiting on. From Isaiah chapter 9, it says this, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And they longed for life in that kind of kingdom, under that kind of Messiah, not knowing if that hope for him would ever be realized. And we get to experience him now. Now, truth is, many of us are longing for a more hopeful year to come, and I'm included in that, okay? But we have this gnawing that is painful and is deep in our heart that we're, many of us, struggling with hopelessness. And it's growing. Like, I won't get into the statistics right now, but the stats on mental health and suicide are harrowing right now. Across our nation and, frankly, across the world. There's a pandemic of mental health illness going on right now. And we know that there are many people that are hoping there will be a magic pill of some kind in 2021. But I think we know better. And many of us have been hoping that some politician would save the day, but we know better that a politician cannot do that. The way that you have hope is this. You stand on the strong rock of God himself. And then you reach up and you look up and you maintain your vision for one who is greater than yourself. You have your foot stable on the rock and you have your eyes stable on the resurrected Christ. That's how you have hope. And without that, some of us are beginning to live a little bit like the house in this picture. That on the outside, on the front of that house, it, it would look really good. It would be put together, it would look just fine. And some of us look just fine right now. And some of us are able to portray to others that we're in the land of just fine. But truth be told, underneath that, the foundation is crumbling. And as the foundation of hope is crumbling for many of us, we realize that we are like one major Nebraska windstorm away from being tipped into the heart of the sea. And into that context, into our context here and now, comes Christ, who is called Wonderful Counselor, to be with us in the roller coaster of life, to guide us through the roller coaster of this journey. Mighty God, who will ultimately win the day. His goodness will prevail. He is in charge, and we can trust him. And into our context comes one who's called Everlasting Father, that he's tough and he's tender. He's tender. 
like a good father, and Prince of Peace, who is sure to give us contentment through all the trials that will inevitably come our way in the year to come. The goal is not a return to normal. The goal is not a false hope of an untroubled life. That's a false panacea that will not happen. The goal is to trust in Christ more. And he will get us through abnormal. He will get us through our various troubles. And friends, the basic Christian story is still true. It's still beautiful, and it's still true for you tonight. That God created you out of love. And yet we failed. Every one of us. We've all failed and fallen short of God's standards. I put up two hands to that. I have so many times. But God in his love was unwilling to leave me and you in our failures And so he offered his perfect son as a perfect baby to overcome our many imperfections and to be a substitute that would bring us to God as he climbed up that ugly, old, rugged cross to die for you and me. And then he went to the grave, but the grave couldn't hold him. He was resurrected from the dead. And Jesus promises that because he lives, so also we may really live, even though trouble will still come our way. And friends, if this is true, and it is true, the resurrection happened. If this is true, then all those promises made long ago are realized by us who trust in Christ this evening. Let me just close with this. I I love that old Christmas carol. Oh, holy night. Oh, holy night. It's got a line in it that goes like this. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices. That's it, isn't it? Like a thrill of hope to you and me, a weary world rejoices. Would you say that out loud with me? A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. If you're weary right now, if you're fearing future death, If you're fearful about the hopelessness of life, I cannot recommend the hope of Christ more highly enough. He is the answer to our weary souls. It's not a false hope that's found in 2021. That's not where we put our hope. We don't ultimately put our hope in a vaccine. We don't ultimately put our hope in any person. We put our hope in this. God is in charge and he is good. He is for us and he is not against us. He is strong when we are weak. He is with us. He's for us. He's able to make these weary souls rejoice as he melts our fears away. And so, Father, we're asking for that. In fact, we're begging for that. It's been such a hard year, and we are begging for a greater measure of your hope in these days to come. Oh, we thank you, Father, that you sent your Son to be a Savior for us, and it began in the humility of a manger. You came in humility 
bring us to the Father. We were hopeless, you brought us hope. Father, we want to be rooted and established in that once again. Some of us have lost our way just a little bit. So we ask, God, that you would make our foundation solid again. Father, I'm asking for every family in this room, for every friend in this room, Lord, that you would do a great work in us in this year to come, that you would renew our hope, that you would overcome our fears of illnesses and death and all the rest, and that you would grant us a renewed vision for how you want to use us in this world. We do pray, God, that you would give our families health. I pray for those who are struggling in this room right now. Ask God that you would give hope and healing and strength. But even more, we ask that you would give us courage in the face of whatever troubles we face because Christ has come and he remains alive and he's given his spirit, which gives us courage whatever we're going through. God, we'll be careful to give you all glory and credit. You have come on Christmas morning, and for that we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.